0: It is Faraha Day. Hey, hey, hey. Some of you will get it. Others won't. It is also Cheeto Friday. And thanks to all of you who are part of Cheeto Friday. We'll expound at the end of this podcast what this is. But nonetheless, I have a quote that is based on Friday to kick things off. I want to share it with young married couples who want to celebrate 20 years plus in their relationship. So here's a quote. It's from a man called... Henny, young man. And he says, some people ask a secret to our long marriage. We take time to go to a restaurant two times a week, a little candlelight, dinner, soft music, and dancing. She goes Tuesdays, I go Fridays. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Orata Consulting Group, a brain trust supporting governments, public and private sector in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. Okay, let's see what we have lined up for today. Beyond giving you the ability in one sitting to get a grasp and a snapshot of what some of the world major happenings are thinking, I am truly committed to get us as Africans to rethink, re-examine and query everything. And I do mean everything we consume through media, what we read to what we have taken as gospel truth and for granted because some supposed authorities somewhere with letters before or after their names says so or said so. So I want you all to get into the habit of asking the following. Why is that so? Really? How? Because? When? Who said? These questions must be the norm and not the exception from today, during, and post-COVID-19. We are charting new lives, and to this, we must have the foresight and instinct to be curious and not sponging on thoughts and other ideas that we have not thought through. So in the series that I'll post in our Africa, I gotcha. I will provide the intro as always. However, I'll then expect you to explore... Read, watch, investigate through the links that I've always shared. From today on, keep a daily journal and you can call it your thought journal. Okay, the reason you're here is upon us. Let's get into the global news update from some of the nations across the world and find out what is happening.
1: News. from DW News Brief at 9 a.m. today.
2: This is DW News, and these are our top stories. Countries across Europe are commemorating 75 years since the defeat of Nazi Germany in World War II. Many anniversary events have been scaled back due to the coronavirus crisis, but German leaders will still take part in a ceremony here in Berlin. Australia has announced a three-stage plan to ease coronavirus restrictions and reopen the economy. The country has seen a drastic slowdown in the number of new infections since imposing strict lockdown measures in March. France is easing its strict two-month lockdown starting next week. The number of coronavirus cases is rising less sharply than in previous days, but some oppose reopening the country just yet. U.S. Justice Department has dropped the criminal case against President Trump's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn. He was charged with lying to the FBI about contacts with Russia's ambassador before Trump took office. Flynn had already pleaded guilty twice. This is DW News from Berlin. You can follow us on Twitter at DW News or visit our website. That's DW.com.
3: From Euronews
1: Voice, Global News, at 9.07 a.m. last Monday. As polls celebrate a scaled-down Constitution Day, concerns grow over holding a May the 10th presidential election by post. Italians celebrate the last day of their total lockdown imposed by the government to contain the spread of the coronavirus. Under strict security measures due to the coronavirus threat, Poland's Constitution Day is celebrated with a mass at Warsaw's St. John's Cathedral. But the leaders of Europe's first modern constitution are being accused of undermining the country's democracy. Polish President Andrzej Duda's Law and Justice Party is proposing changes to the electoral code so the presidential election can take place on May the 10th exclusively by post. On May the 7th, the final vote on the amendment will be taken in the lower house of parliament. It's an outcome so uncertain that the ruling Law and Justice Party, led by Jarosław Kaczynski, could lose its majority. But postponing the elections by several months or a year as the opposition wants is something Kaczynski refuses to do. Nine former Polish prime ministers and presidents have urged voters to boycott the election, arguing that the proposed legislative changes have been rushed through and could stop the vote from being free or fair. And international institutions and jurists say it will in no case conform to democratic standards, including those in Europe responsible for human rights. If I were the Polish citizen, I would have many questions because I would really like to have fair
0: access to the voting. Uh, I
1: would like to see the candidates uh, campaigning in a fair uh, campaign time. Whilst polls celebrated National Flag Day and the day of Polish diaspora, the proposals mean Poles living abroad will also not be given the possibility to vote.
4: Tens of thousands of people were forced to move from their homes after a dam burst in Uzbekistan, close to neighbouring Kazakhstan. The newly constructed Sardoba Reservoir breached its wall on May the first. Around 70,000 people were evacuated from 22 villages in Uzbekistan. 50 residents were taken to hospital. In a tweet, the Kazakh president said more than 22,000 residents in the country's Turkestan region had to be evacuated. He added that negotiations were underway with the Uzbek government. The seven-year project to build the Sardoba Reservoir was completed in 2017. Kazakh officials have criticised Uzbekistan for not providing enough information on the status of flood control. The Uzbek state prosecutor said an inquiry has been launched into official negligence and construction rule violations. North Korean troops were involved in an exchange of gunfire with soldiers from the south on Sunday. No one is known to have been hurt. It's the first incident since the two states took steps to lower tensions across the demilitarized zone. The border is the world's most heavily fortified frontier, and violent confrontations do occasionally occur, although observers say this latest incident is unlikely to escalate. The news came a day after North Korean state media showed video of leader Kim Jong-un in public after a 20-day absence that led to speculation about his health. KCNA said Kim attended a ceremony on Friday along with senior officials to mark the completion of a fertilizer factory near Pyongyang. Some North Korean citizens were able to watch the footage on giant public screens. Questions had been raised after Kim missed an April 15 event commemorating the birthday of his grandfather and state founder, Kim Il-sung.
1: With around 15 countries planning a further easing of restrictions from the beginning of the week, Europe is gradually deconfining its populations. Italians are counting down the hours until they regain some measure of personal freedom after two months in lockdown to contain Europe's first outbreak of COVID-19. Starting Monday, parks and public gardens can reopen, but people will have to stay a metre apart. According to authorities in the United Kingdom, the country's passed its peak of the epidemic. With a total of nearly 28,500 deaths, it's the second most affected country in Europe, behind Italy, which it's following very closely. Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who doctors had envisaged having to announce his death that due to the coronavirus, is preparing to present his de plan within the week.
0: His comprehensive plan will explain how we can get our economy moving, how we can get our children back to school, How we can travel to work more safely and how we can make life in the workplace safer but before we can ease the existing restrictions we must ensure that the number of cases are falling that death rates are declining that the nhs has what it needs and that measures are in place to stop a second peak
2: overwhelming the nhs
1: in france there were more people on the streets as springtime temperatures climbed and more traffic on the roads france plans to begin its exit of the lockdown on may the 11th very cautiously and at a different pace depending on the region mass took place in cologne cathedral for the first time since germany began restrictions only 122 people were allowed in and they had to sit two meters apart No hymn singing was allowed and communion was given behind a plexiglass frame. Personal data of participants was also recorded in order to trace possible chains of any infections later. The streets, subways and public spaces of Moscow are disinfected as concern grows over whether the city's medical facilities will be overwhelmed by the spread of COVID-19. Russia has become the 7th most infected country in the world, with over 10,000 new cases in the last 24 hours. And of those, 60% of both the sick and dead are in Moscow city and the Moscow region. Authorities there are considering implementing even stricter measures, such as limiting the number of daily electronic walkout permits being given. The region's also joined many other parts of Russia which are to make it obligatory to wear masks, although the city itself does not plan such a measure. Whilst the Russian government insists there are enough masks and disinfectants to go round and has lifted export restrictions implemented in early March, Russian press say only 1% of pharmacies can offer masks and disinfectants to customers.
4: Religious gatherings have been forced to take a break under lockdown, but that hasn't meant the end of all sacraments. In Limoges, in southwestern France, the Catholic Church has been inspired by the worlds of fast food and cinema and adopted the concept of the drive-in confession. The faithful sit in their vehicles and relate their sins to the waiting priest. We were very amused to see that at the beginning of the containment, our brothers from Poland and the United States of America had done this in their car parks. We thought about it for three weeks. And since the Feast of Mercy follows the Easter weekend, where we meditate a lot on God's love and forgiveness, we decided to do the same in our car park. The drive-ins take place for two hours every Sunday, and the idea is going down well with the parishioners. It's not shocking. On the contrary, there's a lot of freedom. It's maybe even easier to talk with the two meters between us. Encore
3: distance,
4: It feels good to get it off your chest while at the same time respecting the rules of social
3: distancing.
4: The church knows how to adapt itself in order to enable believers to have access to the sacrament. It's hoped the drive-in will tide the parishioners over until the return of a more
3: traditional mass. While much of China enjoys freedom from strict lockdown measures, those traveling from Hubei and abroad have a quarantine experience that looks straight out of a sci-fi dystopia. Those isolating are not allowed out of their hotel rooms for two weeks, even to get food or take out the rubbish. One of their few visitors is a small robot that delivers water bottles, meals, and packages. The robot gets around on its own, navigating hallways and even riding elevators. When it arrives at its destination, it calls the landline in a childlike voice. Hello, this is your service robot. Your order has arrived outside your room. Doctors in protective gear visit every day to remind occupants to check their temperature and ask if they have symptoms. And there's no getting away with defying the lockdown either. Security cameras are installed in front of some hotel room doors, while officials put up notices asking neighbors to keep an eye on those who are confined.
1: Game of Thrones actor Hathor Bjornsson has set a deadlift world record by lifting 501 kilograms. The 2018 World's Strongest Man played Gregor the Mountain Clegane in the HBO series. He was congratulated by his wife Kelsey Henson following his successful attempt at Thor's Power Gym in his native Iceland.
3: That's okay. This is- historic
1: the previous record was set at the world deadlift championships in 2016 by Englishman Eddie Hall who lifted 500 kilograms
0: okay so that's our news roundup from around the world today it's time for Africa I gotcha to the question I want you to ask today Or to ask ourselves today, is should Africa go nuclear energy in creating a sustainable energy source with less impact on the environment? Mm -mm 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 -mm. Hold your thoughts, hold your thoughts. Before you quickly belt out all the green talk and responses that you may have, let me read this quote. Open quote. African economic growth, job creation, and improved quality of life, depend on affordable, abundant energy. Nuclear-powered energy is clean, reliable, and affordable, says Ayuk, executive chairman of the African Energy Chamber. At the same time, I'm also going to read from Michael Moore, who has a documentary that presents Planet of the Humans. This documentary dares to say what no one else will that we're losing the battle to stop climate change on planet Earth because we're following leaders who have taken us down the wrong road, selling out the green movement to wealthy interest and corporate America. So one is a YouTube link, the other is a read. Jot down your thoughts and your own interpretations in your thinking journal. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Orata Consulting Group, a brain trust supporting governments, public and private sector in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. Okay, so have a great weekend. And thanks to all the WhatsApp groups that initiated Cheeto Friday, our inaugural movement today that will see all WhatsApp groups allow members to trade and transact among themselves every Friday, empowering Africa's forgotten bottom millions. Oriti, as always, till tomorrow. See you then.